Welcome to Thick, Strong, and Awkward. I'm your host, John Stacy. This weekend was America's Strongest Man in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I think the 105 class winner of $12,000 was no surprise to most, as Camby Dude ran away with the gold. What was shocking, however, was Camby tying for first place in a deadlift event, a max effort deadlift, no doubt, uh, where both he and Frankie smoked an eight, a 785 pole. Uh, another surprise to many was Jeff Chunky Cheese Lee coming out of a four-year hiatus to claim a fairly dominant third place and showing everyone he still deserves the pro status. Frank was right there battling out for that podium spot until the final two events, but maybe his 805 deadlift fail and pushing so hard through the first four events had him a little taxed to finalize it. Still, though, cracking the top five at his first ever pro show was no small feat, especially considering he earned his entry via an amateur online qualifier. Being the top-ranking non-pro earned him his professional status finally, so he and his girlfriend share that rank now. Uh, If you've been listening to me at all, a frequent in this podcast is that James Deffenbaugh is always a threat, as he proved once again coming in and blowing everyone else out for that second-place position and $5,000 prize. Watching him throw bags is nothing short of impressive, as he failed 60 pounds twice before finally clearing it over 15 feet. If you've ever thrown a heavy bag, you know how difficult it can be to fail multiple times and still keep your head in the game. He also won the stone carry with 360 pounds for a crazy 370 feet. That's a lot of pain to bear. I, I, I couldn't do it. That's, that's a crazy distance. Anyway, that's the quick recap of the top. Uh, now I'm switching gears and heading into Clash in the Rockies in two weeks. Today I sit down with pro strongman Anthony San Lorenzo. He won nationals in 2020 and is looking to redeem his 2021 Clash performance by qualifying uh, in Denver. Stick around and hear how he plans to pull it all off and uh, listen to us ramble about some comic book bullshit while you're at it. Here we go. Uh, Good afternoon. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely, man. How, uh, how Sorry, you I was a little late. Oh, okay. you're good. Cool. Um, so we've never formally met. I'm Anthony. Hi, man. I'm John. Nice to meet you. Um, and this is a newer podcast for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I just started it ooh, three weeks now, I think. Cool. I'll be honest, man. I haven't listened to one yet, but I was looking at the people that you've interviewed and it's like everybody that I know. Um, So it's kind of cool to see everybody else on here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm trying to basically get some more recognition for the one Oh fives and the weight class athletes. Um, I'll be going to, and I've already started. I went to Waco. Um, I'll be going to all the qualifiers and everything, getting some behind the scenes footage and interviews and stuff. And then I'm piecing together a sort of documentary about the whole clash series. That's incredibly cool. Yeah, so I think it'll uh, I think it'll pan out, and you know we're trying to get some household names out there for uh, these athletes that are have pretty much been unrecognized. Cool. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah. That's we'll see how how well it goes. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool, man. Um, so you're coming out to Colorado? Yep, yep. We, uh, my girl and I, are actually moving to Dallas from Seattle. Uh, and we are moving that same weekend. So we're just using uh, Denver as basically a stop for us to hit that one. So it'll be okay. nice. Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, well, I already told Furman. Um, I'll tell you as well. I was going to have a couple people over, do a little after party after Clash. I live 20 minutes from the venue. So I was like, oh, I'll be getting drunk. So it's better if I do it with people. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are more than welcome to come by. We'll see you at the show. Oh, too. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. I didn't realize you lived right there. Yeah, man, I'm in Denver. Um, so they just okay. moved the, the venue. It's um, what the hangar at Stanley, mm-hmm. uh, the Stanley Marketplace uh, in like northeast Denver, like Stapleton area. I live right downtown, so I'm 20 minutes from the venue. Oh, cool. Are you originally from Denver or did you move there like a couple years back or what? No, no, I grew up in Jersey. Um, oh. Raised in Jersey. I lived there until I was 18. Uh, went to Colorado State in Fort Collins. Uh, graduated and I just stayed, man. I so I've been in Colorado 13 years. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it here. Folks kind of heckle me to move back every so often, but yeah, that's not happening. Jersey's not really home for you. Well, I mean, I, look, all my friends and family are there. I know a bunch of people there. Um, mm-hmm. they'll keep in touch with a lot of my buddies from high school, but you know, like I live here now, you know, mm-hmm. I've been here a long time, I've established myself. You know, I've got my own network and people here and, you know, I, I like it here. That's awesome. Yeah. What, so you're, uh, from Seattle you're, you're moving. Why you I'm moving? actually from Alaska. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I lived there 25 years and then okay. moved to Seattle for a girl. Didn't work out. Okay. Uh, made some friends, developed a, uh, a network of people here in a gym and everything and uh, sure. stuck around for a few years. But my girl and I are just looking to start somewhere new. Cool. Um, and we visited a couple of places in uh, Texas and decided that that's where we wanted to go. So cool, cool. That sounds awesome, man. Um, my roommate for like eight years. He's from Alaska. Okay, uh, where from? Grew up in Chugiak. Oh, totally. Yeah. So you're from Seattle. Do you or you live in Seattle now? And then mm-hmm. I. You interviewed Dan Hughes. So do you work at a dungeon? So, yeah, uh, I met Dan in Alaska, actually, when he was there, oh, okay. uh, him and Justin Loy. Um, okay. And we became friends there. Uh, they started competing just shortly after I did. Um, and then, yeah, I, I came here and uh, made friends with the folks that actually started Dungeon. Because cool. um, that's it's been around about two years now, coming up on two years that gym's been open. Um, okay. Introduced Dan to that whole group, and uh, then he abandoned all of us and went to Kentucky. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of strongman people in Kentucky. I feel like mm-hmm. most of the most of them are over there. And then I met Dan for the first time um, at Clash this past uh, April. Um, mm-hmm. He was competing in my heat. And, uh, yeah, I got to know him. He's a real nice guy. Him and his wife. Um, mm-hmm. were, Natalie, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So we had a lot of fun with them. They were, they were super cool. Yeah, he's uh, he and Justin, we were in a little group chat. He's They're my two closest friends. So Awesome. Yeah, Justin's Good great. People. I'd with Justin back in uh, at Nationals. Well, technically he won by half a point, but we tied overall. You know how the rules are. It's a little weird. Yeah. But um, that was super fun, man. He's a hell of an athlete of an athlete. Um, and I think both him and I did not do what we wanted to do at clash. So mm-hmm. afterwards we were drinking our sorrows away a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, walk, walk, walk me through that, man. Yeah. Walk me through that. What, uh, what happened at clash for you? Oh, uh, you know, some days it just doesn't work out the way you want it to. And that was one of those days, you know, it was just, 
one thing after another just didn't go the way that I wanted it to, you know, and sometimes it's going to happen. Um, you know, I dropped the farmers on that first event, which I never really dropped the farmers in training. Um, so that was a little frustrating. The, uh, what that chain drag to, what was it? The chain drag to a, a bag carry that went decent. Um, I was real excited for that press medley. You know, I didn't get the down call on that block. Um, and I didn't get to move on to circus dumbbell, which I like to think is one of my better lifts. So I was really excited for that. And then, you know, I didn't get the opportunity to even move on to the circus dumbbell because I didn't get the down call on the block, you know, so day one kind of finished with like a meh kind of feeling, you know, then going into day two, I knew there were some of my worst events. Like I can't throw for shit. I know that. Um, I knew that the throw event was going to be bad for me. Um, you know, that carry medley in the sand, I was able to get the, um, that barrel up onto my shoulder kind of pre-contest. We were just kind of messing around with the equipment, you know, just kind of getting your hands on it, seeing what works, what doesn't. And, you know, pre-event, I was able to get that up to my shoulder, but then for some reason that went out the window when I went to go, um, you know, actually pick it up when it mattered. Uh, what other events were that day? It was the throw. Oh, and the squat, um, in training, I hit that squat for six, and that was my number going into the show. Mm-hmm. And day of, I get there, and I don't know if it was the setup I used at home versus the setup we had at the contest, or if I was standing weird or what. But my right side kept hitting first before the left, and I was coming up kind of like crooked. Okay. Yeah. So I ended up getting two. The first one went okay. The second one was a grinder, and I blew my eye out. Um, oh, no. My whole eye was red. The whole, mm. even bloodshot, like, I, I've i never seen any, like, I've never had that happen before. Um, you know, so, like, the squat didn't go well. Uh, the overhead medley didn't go well. The carry medley didn't go well. And some days that happens. And you got to pick yourself up and you learn from it and you move on. And you go to the next show and you do better. So that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah I think that block press threw a lot of guys for a loop. I mean, if you're not used yeah. to that. And then uh, just being out in the sun, for one, uh, the heat, everything about that press medley just sounded brutal. <laughs> I mean, and I have a Mauser block at the gym I train at uh, okay. here in Denver, and I'd hit that 250 in training several times within mm-hmm. uh, you know, the context of the whole medley, like hit the log, hit the block, and then I was getting really good numbers on the dumbbell. Um, so I was really excited for this show. I was like, man, that, that, that's, that's going to be my event at this show. Um, and it just didn't go the way I wanted it to, you know, yeah. okay, that's okay. We move on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's the mentality you got to have with this sport, man. Any, any day can, something can just slip a little bit and mm-hmm. you got to be able to and I tr- short, you know, I short memory with things like that. You got to, yeah, you got to. And then you can piss and moan about it and say it was the fact that we were outside or this and that or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Fact was it didn't go and then mm-hmm. went to people and it didn't go for me. You there know? you go. On the day when it mattered, it didn't happen. So we learn and we move on. But the fact that we're doing a very similar overhead medley uh, at this clash series, I was friggin' stoked. I was like, man, this is my reception. I'm going to crush this overhead medley. I better. I better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Redeem yourself. I can do I have to. That's the way I'm looking at this show. I got to redeem myself. Like, you know, one thing if you show up 
and you do everything that you want to do, everything that you know that you're capable of doing, and then you just get beat putting your best self out there. That's a little bit easier to digest than not doing what you know you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so even if I get beat at, you know, here in Denver, if I show up and do what I know I'm capable of, I'll be proud of my performance. And there I think you that's go. The way I'm trying to look at this one. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. And that's, that's yeah. how you have a, a long career in a sport like this. You know, if you're getting upset and, you know, yelling at yourself, yelling at other people because you uh, failed yourself a little bit. It's it's just not going to last long for you. People aren't going to want to be around that. And uh, I mean, you know, the, the awesome thing about this sport, too, is that everybody wants to beat everybody at their best. Like you're saying, um, nobody wants to lose because they fucked up. They want to lose because they did everything they had and whoever they were against, like you said, was better than them. Yeah, yeah. I want to lose because someone beat me, not because I beat myself. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Yep. And that's that's what happened. I feel like happened for me in April. You know, yeah. I think I got in my head about it. I'd gotten my pro card in um, in the fall. This was my next show it was like the biggest thing I was doing. I think I just let my nerves get the best of me. You know, this is a stage I've been on with the mo- most high profile athletes I've ever competed with. Like I walked into it and I felt kind of like a freshman, you know, and I'm just nervous. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said before, you know, it was a learning experience. And on top of that, one of the best weekends of my life, I had so much fun, you know, just even though I didn't do well, I had so much fun lifting weights with my friends, you know, hanging out with people both before and after the contest, getting to know people better, people that I've kind of interacted with on social media, but, um, you know, actually developing and building friendships and relationships with people that that part of it was incredibly yeah. cool, you know, just like rubbing elbows with, with, some of these people that, you know, you kind of look up to and appreciate their talents within the sport. Um, yeah. People was, was, was a really cool aspect of that weekend as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, it's building quite the network for all these guys. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did, uh, was there any change in your training style or uh, regime going from the, your nationals prep, obviously you won or tied um, to clash where, Seems, you know, something shifted, obviously, right there at the end when you were at Clash. Was your training the same? I prepped for it similarly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that the events at Nationals lent themselves a little bit better to my skill set. And I wasn't as nervous for Nationals. You know, like I went into Nationals thinking like, okay, the pro card is realistic at this show, you know, knowing that people were going to have to chase me a little bit more than the other way around. Gotcha. Something like clash, the stakes are that much higher. The athletes are that much better, you know? Um, so I think it was just nerves and anxiety. And um, I think I did it to myself, you know? Okay. Like I did it to myself. I wouldn't say it was a train. My training was great. You know, like I was hitting great numbers in training going into clash. Um, everything was kind of dialed in right where I needed it to be. Um, you know, and if I had delivered the package that I put together and I got great, at least I went there and did what I know I'm capable of and showcased, you know, what mm-hmm. I can do. And that's really what yeah. you want to do with these shows. Um, so it was just a little frustrating that I did it to myself, man. I did it to myself, you know? No. <laughs> do you program yourself or do you have a coach? No, I coached with Terry Rady. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. He was my coach and, uh, at one point. 
Cool. Yeah. Terry's great. I've been friends with him for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do my nutrition with uh, Beck Lorsch. Um, she's oh, okay. working together more recently, but um, I've known her for a few years and we really got to hanging out at Clash and uh, kind of hit it off. And she's been helping me with my diet and, and she's going to help me with my cut for uh, this upcoming show. Cool. What do you walk around at body weight wise? Do you have to cut a lot? I walk around about 250, between 250, 255. Okay. Um, if I can start my cut between 245 and 250, although it's on the higher end, it's doable. Um, mm-hmm. I like to get to a spot where I'm walking around at maybe 245 so that we can start the cut at maybe like 240, 243, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but that'll happen over time. I feel like I'm one of the fluffier 105 guys. Um, you know, I'm in a group chat with some of the other, um, guys that were at clash and people were posting their in bodies and, uh, I was at like 18% body fat and I was stoked. I was like, man, that's pretty good. Like I'm all right with that. Hamby <laughs> yeah. posted his and he was like 6% body fat. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's, you know, 18 sucks. That's, uh, that's fine. We'll move on. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I know that I definitely have a little bit of body fat that I could lose, but I'm fucking Italian, man. I like food and pasta and carbs and all the stuff you're not supposed to like. Yeah, man. Uh, I think that's where I struggle. Also, am I allowed to curse on here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, whatever you want. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. It's an explicit podcast, so we're good. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, 250, 255 seems to be a, a pretty standard walk around weight. But yeah, you're right. There are a few guys. I mean, you got your Mike O'Connors, your Tommy Sharps, your Cambies that walk around lean as fuck. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm not one of them either. So yeah, Tommy was another one in the chat. I think he was at like 7% body fat. Jeez. Yeah, it's absurd. But I feel like a lot of guys are probably hanging out between 10 and 15, somewhere in there, maybe yeah. like 19, you know, there's a couple of pounds in there we could lose and still be gone. So, yeah, I think, I think in the low teens is probably the ideal spot for a water cut too, just because, I mean, that's, you're going to be able to cut so much water so much easier and recover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I just do this to myself every show. I'm like, all right, I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to lose the weight for this next show. We're going to do it. And then I just end up cutting and I hate it, you know, mm-hmm. but Sometimes I feel like the cut puts you in that right mental place to be a little bit more ready for a show. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I didn't just go through all this shit to lose, you know? So um, part of me likes that aspect of the cut, but if it could just be a little less intense, you know, that would yeah. make competing a little easier. I think that I, uh, I forget how bad it is until I'm like, you, you know, the last it. couple hours into it. And then you're like, Oh God, this is miserable. Why did I do this? Yeah. Why did I do this to myself? Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then you're a month out from a comp and you're like, ah, I cut, you know, 20 pounds last time I can do this. There's no problem, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. For clash, I started my cut at 247, um, which was doable. You know, I'll probably start about that somewhere in there, maybe 245 if I can get there, but you know, I'll do it. I'm not going to enjoy it, but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How long have you been competing? Um, my first contest was May, 2016. Um, I competed at team Tom gym in, uh, Greeley, Colorado. Um, I don't know if you know, Stan Carradine, Stan Carradine was one of the judges there. He's a heavyweight pro, uh, mm-hmm. here in Colorado. So kind of one of the guys that, you know, I've always looked up to in the, um, community here in Denver. Um, but he was judging, which was cool. And then, uh, Robert Oberst was there like taking pictures and stuff. I think he was, um, sponsored by GAT nutrition at the time and they some of their products. 
So, uh, Obers was there taking pictures. And I was so new to the sport, I didn't know who he was. And I was like, who's this like fucking older guy everybody's taking pictures with? Um, and then I found out afterwards. So, I mean, it was just kind of cool to, for something for my first show. Um, yeah. But yeah, my first show was May 2016. And then before that, I did powerlifting for about two years. Um, but I've always been into lifting weights, you know, all through high okay. school. Um, college, I kind of fell out of it a little bit. Uh, maybe partied a little too much. Um, but then after college, I really picked it up again and, um, you know, I've been training fairly seriously for the last maybe eight years. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's a good amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was training, thinking about doing powerlifting and then doing powerlifting for like two years. And then a buddy said, Hey, you should try this strongman show I'm doing. I was (laughs) like, sure. Give this a go. And, uh, I found it and I was like, man, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. Why did I, why did I, the the only, I wish I started sooner. I really do. Um, But you know, I'm 31 now. I've been doing it about five years. So I feel like I'm kind of right in a good place where I should be. Mm -hmm. A couple of years earlier, that'd be good, but it is what it is. Yeah. You're Um, right in that peaking into that prime uh, strength time for your uh, lifespan there. So you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll be all right. Yeah. Um, I always had the goal to yeah. do, uh, get my pro card before 30, but that's not going to happen. So <laughs> I just wanted it, you know, um, mm. I feel like this fall with nationals, a lot of the events just fell within my wheelhouse and the stars mm. and it happened, you know, and there's all kind of these little things that I look back. If one thing happened differently or this thing happened differently, I could have gotten it or not gotten it. Um, you know, I had a good run on the farmers for that first event. I had a good, um, Husafel run. Um, I suck at throwing. I know this. Um, but I got the first three bags quickly and I missed the fourth. So the fact that I got the first three quick was the only thing that saved me. Cause I think I was like fastest or the second fastest to get three, which didn't put me too far down. Um, in the standings there was a lot of fails on that bag toss yeah man 50 over 15 is tough and then i saw this year it's 15 and a half which i feel mm-hmm. like it'd be more zeros you know and i get it every year you kind of got to step up the bar a little bit but are they there like people get it a bunch of people get it but a lot of people will miss you know so yeah. so we'll see how that goes this year I kind of wonder too, um, because last year it hadn't really been an event anywhere for a while. And now maybe their head is like thinking how many times sandbags have been used since then, that maybe people are training it more that, you know, they expect people to have advanced, but I think, I think it's like you said, there's going to be a lot of zeros. 15 and a half feet is pretty high. Yeah. And something I've noticed, like I've kind of just been in the sport long enough where I see trends. And people like bag toss right now. I don't know why it's, it's popular right now. Um, Like what was it? 2018 when um, Kieliskowski at the Arnold hit that stone to shoulder for four and just like blew everybody away. Then you were seeing stone to shoulder for a while after that. I mean, they even did it uh, an Atlas stone to shoulder at 2019 SC nationals. Yep. I was there. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yep. So like, I've no, I'm starting to see, like, you see trends, like an evidence mm-hmm. of popular events. Um, you know, like Axel's really popular right now. Bag toss is really popular right now. You know, what's going to be the next thing. So, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll see what uh, I guess we'll find out what the final events are at Clash and maybe Anthony can set the new trend. Yeah. You know, like if it's something cool, you're going to start seeing it at like the local level shows. That's usually what happens. It kind of trickles down from the top. Is yeah. what seen. You know yeah. what the pros if, are doing. If, the local people try if, to. Uh, if we know. can get rid of that max distance, who's carry, I'd be happy. Yeah. I mean, nobody really enjoys that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially like without a timer, if it's in a certain amount of time, you know, sure. But max distance is like, okay, you just go until you literally crap your pants. Like, um, you know, that's tough. It's a tough event. Yeah. For sure. yeah. I mean, it, it definitely got to, you got to grit down and bear it for that one. That one's totally. tough. Totally. I liked those, uh, rubber ones they used at, uh, the high temp ones they used at nationals last year. Those are a little bit easier to kind of grip and deal with. Um, mm-hmm. We have like a diamond plated one at our gym and uh, it's kind of slidey, you know, like if it starts going, you're not, you're not catching it, you know? Um, So, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sure there'll be an ebb and flow of that as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, what other events are you, are you at all signed up for OSG or any other comps you got coming up besides clash qualifier? Uh, I'm just doing clash in Denver right now. And then I'll Mm -hmm. do clash in uh, April qualify um other than that i don't have anything else on the docket at the moment um i've actually never done an osg i think i just zeroed in on that sc nationals for the first mm-hmm. years i competed i was like i want that pro card i don't really care what it takes to get it we're just going to do this 100 percent until it happens mm-hmm. um then it happened and then they immediately started doing clash and i got an invite to that so now i'm kind of on the clash cycle you know um, I will do an OSG eventually. Uh, it seems like a really cool event. Um, mm-hmm. I just haven't yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's a cool event to go at the very least just to go watch. I mean, it's, you know, you get a lot of big time pros there, a lot of names, a lot of people to meet. Um, and everybody's so it's the cool thing about strongman too, is even those big time pros, like when you see them at comps or whatever, they're always down for you to just like pick their brain about events and getting tips and all kinds of stuff. And so I went in 19 to OSG and I had a blast just getting to know people. Cool. So. Yeah. Um, like Nick best and Martins were at clash and they were cool about, you know, picking their brain, like asking them questions, you know? So it is cool to see some of the higher level athletes in this competition kind of appreciating, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the weight classes, like, you know, the one Oh fives and, and lighter and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was I, I had a question. I'm blanking now. Uh, oh, uh, powerlifting. You said that you, you did compete, right. Or were you just training powerlifting? Um, I did, a couple of competitions, maybe two or three. I did a couple NASA competitions. Um, NASA? National Strength and Athletics Association. SA. Okay. National Strength. It's a. It's the backyard wrestling of powerlifting, for sure. Gotcha. Um, okay. I think I just was new to strength sports. It was coming. Um, it was, you know, it was there and I did it. Um, yeah. so what, what'd you total? It was not a lot. I think I pulled like 50. Um, I think I squatted 440 and I benched 340, 345. I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Um, Were you about the same size that you are now? No, I competed at 220. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 
have you always been in this like relative size or like two, were you cutting to 220 or were you walking around about that? Um, I was probably walking around about like 225, 230. I graduated high school at 210. I've kind of always been a little bit bigger. Like even when I'm not lifting weights, I'll walk around at like, you know, I used to walk around at like 210. Um, when I started getting into powerlifting, the weight kind of slowly crept on, you know, um, like 220, I could just show up and compete. I think my first one, I just showed up and competed at 220. And then my next one, I had to cut from 230. And then I remember first time I saw 240 on the scale. Um, so 250, I've been 250 ish for me the last like two or three years, okay. but it seems like my body's kind of leveled out. I don't think it wants to be much bigger. Um, yeah. I've seen 260 on the scale a couple of times, but when that happens, we gotta, we gotta reel it back in. <laughs> Cut out some uh, pasta. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think 250, I like walking around about 250, maybe 245 would be good um, somewhere in there. But yeah, I, I've never really been small, you know, like even if I give all this up one day, I'll probably won't ever be below 200. Um, you know, I always, like I said, lifted weights and was always kind of a little bit bigger, um, you know, cause you talk to some people and they came like, Oh, I graduated high school at 175 or something. And now they walk around at like 250, 260. Um, yeah, that's me. That was you. Okay. I was one, 185, uh, senior year and, um, 262 right now. Okay. So yeah, you, you were what you were a little skinnier in high school and you started lifting weights and put on some weight. And yeah, I get that. Yeah. I kind of always was a little bit bigger growing up. I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, graduated high school, like two ten. So yeah. Gotcha. Now I see your, uh, posters on the wall there. You a big Marvel fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like grew up reading a little bit of comic books and some graphic novels. I really like Batman. Um, the Marvel movies are great. Um, DC needs to step their shit up. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't, they don't deliver the same way. They don't mm-hmm. No, And I, I like Batman over, a lot of the Marvel characters. Like I'm definitely a Batman fan, number one. And uh, you got to step your shit up, Batman. Come on. Like Iron Man movies are better, you know, excluding the Nolan verse movies. Those were great. I mean, dark Knight was great. Dark Knight Rises was great. Um, then they did that original, just not the original, but that justice league went in 2017. That was dog shit. It was fucking terrible. Um, and then they re-released it recently with that Snyder extended cut. It was really good. Well, could they have taken maybe 30 minutes out of the movie and it still would have been good? Yeah, they could have. Um, But four hours is a lot. It was a lot. Four hours. Get out of here. Um, But I'm glad that they put it in chapters because like, uh, you know, the next chapter hit. It was like, all right, we're going to take a break. Mm -hmm. Water. Go to the bathroom. Come back. You needed like an intermission in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great. uh extension of the justice league it was completely different i mean absolutely completely different and it was it was awesome i like that a lot uh i've rewatched it a few times it's still hard to sit for four hours to watch it i think i do it in segments but yeah yeah it was pretty rad uh they could have cut probably the last 20 minutes that post-apocalyptic scene where he was teaming up with joker and everybody i think i could have done without that but well it was foreshadowing for the next one yeah, if there's ever a next one, we'll if see. If there's ever. Yeah, that's the other thing about DC. Like, you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then they got, what, Flashpoint coming up? We'll see how that yeah. plays out and changes things, too. 
that'll be cool. Um, I heard Mike Keaton's coming back for that. That'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben Affleck's coming back for that one. That'll be cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that one. I read the Flashpoint book. Flashpoint book was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see if uh, the Thomas Wayne Batman is in that as well, like it is in the book and the the cartoon. Um, yeah, I think they they if they don't use Jeffrey Dean Morgan like they, they did, have to. He would yeah, be so great. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he would, would be, be so a good. stellar Batman. Oh, totally. He'd be a great Thomas Wayne Batman, who's just a little more brutal than Bruce Wayne Batman. Um, yeah, I think he'd be perfect for it. And I think like when they cast him as Thomas Wayne, they had to have had that in mind, right? I hope so, yeah. 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 What about uh Twilight Boy being Batman? How do you feel about that? You know what? We're, I'm I'm gonna give him a shot. I'm gonna give him a shot. I mean, remember when Heath Ledger got cast as the Joker and everyone was like, that dude from 10 Things I Hate About You? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he crushed it, right? So we'll give him a shot. You know, we'll see how he does. If he sucks, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I saw the trailer. I mean, it looks promising. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I, uh, I have a hard time believing it, but we'll let him try. Well, I mean, and then like, Back in the 80s, when they cast Michael Keaton, you know, um, I have a cousin. He's 14 years older than me. We get along over comic book movies and stuff. He was telling me the same thing, that, you know, Mike Keaton had never done a role like that before. So when they cast him as Batman, everyone was like, are you kidding? Like, it doesn't work. And then he was great. So yeah. give him a shot. You know, um, there's been a lot of iterations of Batman on the screen. Uh, over the years. So I'm excited to see what he brings to it. Hopefully, hopefully it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a, definitely a, a different aspect to Batman for sure than what we're used to. But uh, I mean, anything can be better than, I mean, George Clooney or Val Kilmer's Batman was uh, terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. yeah. Those yeah. shouldn't even have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the only positive thing we got out of that was Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Uh uh-huh besides that maybe jim carrey is the riddler i liked him oh yeah so good so good who uh the guy that's playing the riddler in the new one um do you watch cowboys and cowboys versus aliens cowboys and aliens whatever it was called i didn't watch that but isn't it colin farrell who's playing oh no he's the he's the the penguin yeah yeah that one's interesting that's an interesting cast for that too Mm -hmm. um I can't think of what else he's been in. You know, he's just this like kind of dweeby, annoying kid, but I think he's going to be interesting as the, uh, the Riddler. He's got that creepy side to him for sure. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited excited to check that one out. I think it's next summer. It's coming out. So that's Mm -hmm. one. Um, I turned Dan Hughes onto Ted Lasso. Do you watch that? Uh, uh, no, I don't. It's on Apple TV. It's great. He's an American football coach from Kansas that gets hired to coach a elite level British soccer team. Okay. Interesting. It's good. Ted Lasso. All right. I'll check it out. It's got Jason Sudeikis. You know him. He was on um, Mm -hmm. Saturday Live for the meal where the Millers. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um, That's the one that if people ask me, like you watch anything good, that's what I tell them to watch. So most people don't have that, but it's worth it. Yeah, I think uh, we might. We don't really use it, but I think we have it. It's one of those like it, it comes out of the account. We pay for it. But. Sure. <laughs> uh, no, it's just recently uh, Yellowstone. Got obsessed with Yellowstone. Hey, folks told me to watch that one. 
I never, I haven't tried it out yet, but my parents really like that. I'll, I'll give that a go. I think I watched all three seasons that are out in two or three days. Cool. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's really about all I got for you, bud. Uh, yeah. I will see you in Denver. Excited yeah, to see excited. how uh, how things come together for you. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really optimistic about this show. Um, this show is another one that a lot of the events kind of play to my strengths. Um, I think I have the potential to do very well. Um, I'm going into this one with a little bit more confidence than I was going into um, Clash on the Coast. Um, you know, I don't want to say anything premature. Um, I know some of the guys competing. Uh, there's a lot of really talented guys that are going to be there. I'm going to show up and do the best I can. And if I do all the numbers that I know I'm capable of, there's no reason I shouldn't do well. Yeah. Um, who's uh? You want to name drop anybody that would be your bigger threats? Do you think? Yeah. Uh, so one of my training partners, uh, Nick Strauss, um, him and I both coach at Blacklist. We've been training together a long time. Uh, you know, he's really talented. Uh, Darren Heltmiss, um, he won USS Nationals 2018, mm-hmm. uh, done SC Worlds a couple of times. You know, he's a great athlete. He's yep, good I had him on the pod a week ago. So Cool. Yeah, yeah you know, Darren will definitely be um, a contender at this show. You know, a lot of these events are, are really good for him as well. Um, Andy Triana is signed up. Um, you know, Andy should never be discounted. Um, never. Super strong, super smart, really, really technical, really good at a lot of lifts. Um, you know, he's an athlete. Absolutely. Um, and he's quiet. He doesn't even have social media, so you can't even he like, have social up media on him. Yeah. 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 He doesn't have social media, um, but he coaches Nick Strauss, my training partner, um, and also uh, Adam Adam Geiger, who's, who's going to be running this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Donaldson, I've spoken to a couple of times. I believe he's signed up, um, but he is just getting over COVID. So I don't know if he's a hundred percent going to make it, but you know, if he does, Jordan should absolutely not be discounted. He won nationals 2018 um, training videos. He's a hell of an athlete too. Um, And I, those are kind of the ones that come to mind. I don't leave anybody out, Um, but you know, there will be some other folks that I'm aware of from Denver that, that, you know, I think are going to show up and do really well. And I'm, I'm really excited for this one. This is going to be super yeah, everybody you listed off is who I have in my mind for like the top five spots. So we'll see. It's going to be a battle for a few of you guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I think some things that I might be worse at, some of those guys are a little bit better at and vice versa. So it's going to be interesting to see how the points shake out. Um, what I also really like that Furman is doing with this, and I saw with the scores in Waco, I don't know if it's going to be the case in Denver. I hope it is. But he's not doing ties, right? So um, whoever gets right. some faster ends up winning right so if you tie with five reps on the deadlift and five reps on the deadlift whoever hit five first wins that you know so there's gonna be no ties so that's gonna make it interesting right um so i think that'll kind of shake things up a little bit because at like a nationals level show generally on static events like a deadlift or a log press or whatever if you tie you split points not who gets it fastest but it's a little easier with a with a group of maybe 10 or 12 athletes, however many we get to score um, that way. So mm-hmm. I really shake things up and make it really cool. I'm really excited for yeah. that. Yeah. It adds a totally different element to trying to get your reps out and pacing yourself too. Cause you can only pace so slow or else you're going to screw yourself. Right. 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 Yeah. And if you do with someone, but they're faster, you don't tie. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's a, it's a good idea. I was glad that he did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some of these events are real tough, man. Like that sandbag medley is tough. Those bags are heavy. Um, you know, that's a pretty heavy deadlift for reps. Um, the overhead medley, uh, 180 dumbbell, I think it screwed a lot of people up at uh, Waco, um, especially utilizing the Bartos bell. Uh, which is a little bit difficult, a little bit more difficult than using a cylinder bell, which most people have to train with. Uh, And 800 yoke is 800 pounds, man. That's 800 pounds. Come on. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I know we're supposed to be macho and tough about it, but like 800 pounds, like. Yeah. Yeah. Yoke is my hands down least favorite event and it kills me. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard. It really is. Um, and that stone, you know, that's a relatively heavy stone to be doing for reps. And it also, what I've realized is it depends on the finish of the stone. Um, we have a 350 stone at my gym. I could hit it all day. You know, it's a little bit um, kind of worn down. You know, it's not super smooth and polished. Where I went to another gym, um, a buddy of mine, Jeremy, or Justin Menning, Jeremy and Justin, the Benning brothers, uh, they work out at Nick's performance here in Denver. Um, and Justin just made a 367 stone and polished it and clear coated it and finished it. And just that 15 pounds, 17 pounds difference made a whole world of difference, you know, because of the finish of the stone, like I was sliding all over with, you know, no matter how much tack you put on, it's going to slide right off. You don't have that same level of friction. So it depends on what kind of stone, um, you know, Geiger and Furman put together for this event, you know, that'll kind of dictate how people do. And also it can go the other direction where if the stone is too crumbly, then the stone, then the tacky just sticks to like the sand and the, the rocks and the dirt and the bullshit um, mm-hmm. of the stone and the tacky does nothing. So I guess there's kind of like a happy medium is what I'm getting at. You know, kind of the, yeah gently used stone is usually the easiest one to, to, to pick yeah up. yeah i mean and then you also run into the thing where depending on how people that go before you handle their tacky can really affect yeah. your performance as well yeah you know. if there's too much tacky and the stone is like stick to the floor and it's just making it that much diff- more difficult to pick it up off the ground you know that can be an issue too um you know, at like, uh, what was it, 2018 USS Nationals, I went to, we had a stone event. And I think at the time, it was the biggest strongman event that had ever happened. And everybody lathered up with tacky. And by the time you got to the stones, it was, they were covered, you know, like, mm. like rubber matting on the floor. And every time I'd pick one up, like it would take a piece of rubber matting with it. Oh, wow. Uh, so, you know, that could, that could happen. Granted, mm. not exactly because this is a show of 10 to 12 guys. Um, but, you know shit like that happens too. It does. I mean, you never know. I think uh, in Waco, they were pretty particular in the uh, rules meeting about making sure that people weren't going to be assholes about their tacky. Uh, So hopefully it falls under the same thing because there's nothing worse than trying to pick up a stone that's just drenched in it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't even need to put any on yourself. Use what's on the rock already. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I meant to ask you too. What, what do you do for work? I don't even know. Oh yeah. Um, I work in software sales. I work for a construction project management company. Um, we sell project management, software, document management, quality assurance, stuff like that. Uh, I work in the sales department and I work from home. Um, it's a pretty good gig. Um, it's kind of newer. Uh, I worked in telecom up until September, 2020. And then with COVID, uh, I ended up getting laid off. Uh, my company laid off 
I think it was close to a hundred people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was one of those. And, um, so I, I didn't work from September, 2020 to April, 2021. So I'm kind of newer at this company, but you know, so far so good. Um, I like working in sales. I like working, working with people and, you know, uh, so it's been great so far. It's been great. I've been enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those jobs you get a little bit extra rest and recovery too. You're not, you know, out there breaking your back every day. So that's nice. Yeah. I mean, where I'm sitting right now is where I work, okay. you know? Um, so yeah, this, you can't see it, but this is my whole workspace right here. What about you? I mean, what do you do? What is your day job? Uh, I drive truck CDL. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah it's uh boring. More but... <laughs> was there more opportunity for that in Texas? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a fair bit of opportunity for that pretty much anywhere, but Texas is booming for it. Um, they're offering sign-on bonuses for everybody. That's, it's pretty wild. I guess just being a central hub there is really good for them. So, yeah, cool. Well, I wish you the best of luck with your move, man. That'll be, thanks man. I appreciate it. And then, you know, I'll definitely see you before that. Right. When you come mm-hmm. out, um, I'm excited for this venue change too, that, that, um, Tiger put together. Uh, originally it was supposed to be in Colorado Springs at a brewery, which would have been super cool. Um, but the fact that it's now in Denver, I think it's a little bit easier for out-of-state people flying in to get to and from the airport and yeah. places yeah. to stay and stuff like that. So um, this new venue is going to be really cool. Um, the area that it's in is the old Denver airport. It was called Stapleton Airport. And oh, okay. uh, so this is an old airplane hangar that they retrofitted into like an event space and there's restaurants and bars and all stuff in there. So, um, yeah. And we'll probably get some like foot traffic from people like hanging out. Um, it should be a really, really cool space. I'm really excited about it. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I should ask you that now once I found out you were, uh, from the area, because uh, yeah. I think that's that's something a lot of the strongman comps uh, struggle with too, is getting locations that, uh, one allow for foot traffic and allow for spectators easily. And then also like getting the athletes to and from the airport and stuff is, I mean, that's why strongman Corp moved their uh, ASM next week. It was three hours from the closest airport originally. It's yeah. just unreasonable. Yeah. I mean, this is a pay to play sport, you know, mm-hmm. of us, if like, you know, 99% of us have a day job and just do this because we love it. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to compete at stuff like this regularly, it has to be more accessible. It just has to be, you know, and, and I get it, you know, if um, a certain city or maybe a venue offers you money or something, you know, you got to make it work. But for the most part with big events, you know, like a nationals, like a clash, it needs to be an an accessible location to make it available to everybody. You know, I, I, I personally can't afford to fly to middle of nowhere, rent a car, rent a hotel, rent this, like every time I want to do a show, I just can't, um, you know, so the fact that, um, you know, like even with Hilton head, like there's an airport in Hilton head, I flew right in, you Mm -hmm. know, I didn't have, I I rented a car for one day just to kind of get around and, and kind of get myself settled. But, um, you know, like if it was in Colorado Springs, it would have been a little bit more difficult to have people go back and forth. So I think this venue change is a really, really good idea. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you said it used to be the the airport there, huh? Stanley Airport or Stapleton? Airport. It was uh, Stapleton Airport. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
there's a couple like buildings that are still there that that the city has kind of maybe changed into different things uh you know bars or restaurants or whatever they may be event spaces but this is one of them yeah it's like the hangar from my understanding i could i could be wrong but it's called the hangar at stanley marketplace and um from my understanding it's an old airplane hangar that they they turned into this event space so it's like a big open room it's perfect for strongman polished concrete floors um per, i mean it's exactly what you want from an awesome. asset perspective like this is i'm super excited about this space yeah that's awesome yeah, I'm glad uh, glad we're getting good uh, venues for this stuff, too. I was a little concerned when it was first going off with the regionals that we'd have, you know, more backyard bullshit that we're all used to. Um, so this is awesome that, you know, we had the full event center uh, in Waco for the convention center. And then, yeah, now the Stanley Hangar. I've seen it. I've looked at it a few times online and it, it looks really awesome. Um, I know Nashville is at a gym, but I've seen the gym and it's it's, it's a huge. little bit more upscale than what I yeah. think people are used to. So this is going to yeah. be awesome. I saw Tyler and um, I think Furman posted some photos uh, or something of them at that gym where it's going to be. And it looks like a really big gym, like a really cool space to have an event like this. Um, and then we'll see what happens in Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I think everybody's a little, what, what's that one going to be about? Nobody's really seen anything yet, but it's a ways off. So there's plenty of time. They got plenty of time to put that yeah. to one. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Being from Jersey, did you ever train with like Frank Provenzano or Johnny or any of those guys? Or that was that well, I didn't get into the sport till after you left, right? Yeah, I didn't get into the sport until I moved here to Denver. Um, I've been meaning to get together with those guys when I go back home to visit people. Um, you know, but I know Frank and, and Johnny and all those guys, really good guys. Tyler Cotton, um, I'm friendly with John Cotton. He lives here in, in uh, Colorado. That's Tyler's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the more you get to know people, the smaller that the community becomes. But um, yeah, I've, I've been meaning to get down there and, and see those guys next time I go home for the holidays or, or something. But they have a really, awesome. I feel like Johnny has everything at his gym. Like you see videos yeah. coming out of like, and he, not only that, he's got like four of them, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited one day. I'll, I'll get down there for sure. Yeah. Awesome. You should. I, uh, yeah, I talked to Frank. I'll be dropping his episode tomorrow. So Cool. I uh, got to yeah. know him a little bit. So didn't know if you guys yeah. had known each other or not. So. Yeah, yeah, I know Frank. He's a great guy. He's super cool. Um, I, I think I met him at, at Nationals for the first time um, about a year ago. And then we were hanging out again uh, at Clash. And I met Johnny at Clash. Um, but yeah, really good guys. And, and you know, I can relate to them a little bit being from Jersey. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So how does this podcast work? Are you just going to like, you like chop this up and like put the good stuff together? Or are you just going to post this whole thing? Uh, for the most part, I'll be posting the whole thing. I'll let it out one or two little sections. I'll see where we're at time-wise. I think we're coming up on, what, 50 minutes or so. So that's kind of the sweet spot. I try to keep them about 45, 50. Um, I feel like people lose attention spans after too long. Um, and, yeah, I will, uh, I'll add a little intro and an outro and my little stupid theme song thing that I've gotten there. And, uh, yeah, so far it's been going pretty good, Getting coming up on 600 downloads, something like that. Great. Um, Great. Yeah, it seems to be a lot of the same guys. They, uh, a lot of random people in different cities will message me, you know, suggestions for things to ask certain people and whatnot. So it's, it's gaining some sure. traction now. Yeah. Um, I mean, if there's anybody in my network or anybody I know that you want to talk to, you know, reach out, I'll, I'll, I'll try to provide a warm introduction for you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's how, I mean, that's how all this stuff grows, right? Word of mouth and just kind of getting around meeting people. And uh, I love yeah. it. And the network, the network that 
I already had kind of established with the traveling around and going to comps and being a fan and a competitor um, has, has been awesome. And then it just keeps growing. So yeah, I love this sport, yeah, man. Absolutely. I mean, that's part of what I love about it is that camaraderie, the sense of community. Um, yeah. I think also, I mean, tell me if your experience is different, but like for the most part, my friends and family think I'm nuts. So mm-hmm. you find that in each other, you know, in the sport, you find that like solace within each other because I don't think you guys are doing anything crazy because I'm doing the same shit, you yeah. know? So, um, you, yeah, you kind of rely on each other a lot of the time. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why this community is so great in the way that it is, um, kind of support each other like that. So, yeah. I, I love it too, man. It's been, I think, I think that's how it differs itself from a lot of other strength sports as well. Like I've been, I've, I've friends who are power lifters that aren't necessarily this way, but I've been to meets. Um, I've been backstage at their meets and stuff and the environment and the, the way that people talk about each other in those environments is just not the same thing as strongman where you get backstage and everybody's helping everybody all the time, lending equipment, whatever. It's such yeah. a, like you said, camaraderie of a sport that yeah, it. totally. Totally. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you kind of get to know people outside of sport a little bit and uh, you're absolutely right. You know, like you're backstage, somebody forgot this, somebody needs that. Like I got it. Take, take one of mine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting together with people after the show is always fun. Um, oh yeah. I, I, I love it, man. It's, it's been great. It's been an awesome experience. One of the best things I've ever done. Um, you know, I'll do this till I can't. And even when I can't, I'll be involved in one way or another, you know, coaching, helping out, running shows, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. coach currently? Do you coach, have clients? Yeah. So um, who I mentioned earlier on the call, Nick Strauss and I, mm-hmm. uh, we coach like a strongman one one-on-one one class at Blacklist here in Denver, okay. the gym that we go to. Uh, I teach Thursdays and Saturdays. He's Wednesdays and Saturdays. We coach together on Saturdays, which is a lot of fun. You know, him and I've been training together for years. So it's fun to hang out with him and, and, uh, and coach with him and stuff. Um, and then I also do a little bit of online coaching. I have about 12 clients right now. Oh. I like to, I mean, I'd say maybe seven of them are from blacklist. So primarily people here in Denver, um, mm-hmm. a couple people out of state though. Um, I like to say I'm like a one-on-one coach. Like if you have an idea of how to lift and you want to learn how to apply that to strong man, I can help you out. You know, gotcha. but if you, on a level where you're going to the Arnold's, you're going to clash, you're, you know, anything like that. It's a little above where I feel like I can help you out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, um, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of the things that I'm doing. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable coaching somebody who's, you know, doing the things that I'm doing or, or at a higher level. Um, yeah. Really what I try to do is I try to get people to their local show, win their local show, get them to nationals. If I can get you an Arnold qualifier, I feel like that you you crush the program, you know, and I want people to get to a point where they're going to graduate from me. You know, gotcha. I, I want, that's what I kind of like working with newer people and kind of getting them interested and getting them going and kind yep. of see a spark when somebody tells you they can't do it. And then you go, all right, we'll fix this, this, and this. And then they do it. And I, go, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, awesome. It's that's been awesome. good though, man. I, I really like it. I really like working with athletes and it's a lot of fun. Super fun. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's rad. I think that's uh, kind of a responsible approach to coaching yeah. too. Like you got to recognize where your limits are. Um, you know, you have a you have a full job. You know, you compete yourself at a high level. So I mean, taking on clients that you're going to try and push into that level, especially if you haven't 
I don't know, maybe gone to school or something for coaching specifically, you know, it's, it can be tough. So I think that more people need to take that approach and recognize that, you know, at a certain point, sometimes your clients do outgrow you. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I want my clients to outgrow me, you know, and I'm pretty new to this too. I've only been doing it about a year. Um, I kind of started doing it around the time I got laid off just to kind of give me something else to do a little bit of extra income, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I want my clients to get to the Arnold and then I'm going to say, all right, you have graduated from me. You know, if you want to keep working with me, I'll help you. But there's people out there that know a little bit more than I do. And I can probably direct them towards some other people. But um, yeah, yeah, I I love it, man. It's it's super fun. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad that it's uh, fulfilling for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. What else we got? Uh, That's all I've got for questions. Um, Yeah. Get to know you a little bit more at uh, in Denver and maybe we'll do another episode after you uh, secure your spot. Well, that's, that's the goal, you know, knock on wood. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything premature, but if, if everything goes according to plan, there's no reason I won't have a spot. I'll put it that there way. There you go. Yeah. I'll be curious too. If, uh, if we keep up with the top three at the show, Anthony said he wasn't hundred percent sure how he's going to go about him um, for the bigger ones, bigger signup lists. Uh, if it'll still be like the one for every 10, or if it's just going to be, you know, the podium that gets qualified. So, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. How do you approach that? Right. I mean, they did the top three in Waco and I think they had 12 in Waco. Um, my understanding is they'll do top three in Denver. I don't know how many people will end up getting signed up. I've, I, I've heard we have about 10 right now, which 10 to 12, I feel like top three qualifying is fair. Um, but I've also heard that Nashville has a lot of people signed up, like somewhere in the twenties or thirties. Does that top three equate to, you know, placing top three in a, a set of 12? You know, if you have 40, should they invite top five, top six? You know, I'll leave that to Furman to make that decision. But I totally get what you're saying, man. Yeah, I think I think, too, when you get the bigger signups, a lot of the time, I mean, as you trickle down, the talent will kind of fade out a little bit, too. You know what I mean? And he's not trying to have uh, it's not like where anybody can go to nationals. You know, you wind up with 200 people, but realistically, 15, 20 of them should be there, you know? Yeah, like who really belongs there, right? Yeah. I so I think I think he's he's got a good eye for how he wants to set it up. Maybe it'll maybe it'll come down to once he sees the official list of who's there, that'll change things. Who knows? Yeah, but. I I trust him in his direction. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. So cool, man. Uh, excited to meet you in Colorado officially. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you. I'll let you get back to your Sunday. Oh yeah, well yeah, dude, this was super fun. Anytime you want to have me back, I'd love to be back. Um, cool. Looking forward to meeting you here in a couple of weeks in Denver. Um, get ready for a great show. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. Um, and then we'll hang out after. Awesome. Sounds good, buddy. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys. That was Anthony San Lorenzo. Um, I'll be catching up with him again probably after Clash in the Rockies and we see how he did. I'll be trying to drop a couple of ASM reviews with the athletes this week. Uh, And yeah, we'll see how things go. Don't forget, uh, I am moving to Texas here in a week. I'll be driving, so forgive me if episodes are maybe a day or two off. I'll do my best to keep getting you guys two or three a week. Uh, Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review. Really appreciate it. Follow me on Instagram at thickstrongandawkward, T-H-I-C-C. Shoot me an email or a DM if there's any guests in particular you'd like to see or questions you'd like answered. 
Uh, that's at thick, strong, and awkward for Instagram or thick and awkward at gmail.com. T H I C C. Cool. Thanks. And until next time, don't forget to keep it thick, strong, and awkward.